1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. So we're going to talk this morning about the chatter that is out there that really seems to be on everyone's mind. Should I cash out now and maybe rent until the prices drop? What's your advice for those folks? You know, that's that's a great question. And that's something that we have heard more times than not over the last few weeks, especially because of the heat of the market. And if we think back, we heard the same type of chatter in 2016 where people were asking us, you know, should I sell now, wait until the prices drop? Because a lot of the economists were saying that this is a bubble, prices would drop, but we didn't see it happen. And if you sold your house in 2016 and wanted to rent for a few years before prices dropped, that didn't really work out well for you. So, you know, considering what the prices were in 2016, the average price was 729821 the average price right now in at the end of January was $967,885. That's a $238,000 increase, 32.62%. There's not anywhere that you could have put your money and been able to make 32.62%, let alone the rent payment that you had to make during that time. Even if you put it in the stock market, if you look at what happened to the stock market between June 2016 and say June 2020, the stock market had its ups and downs, and it ended up positive. It ended up at an 8.28% increase over that time period. Real estate went up 32.62%. So that's a four times increase in real estate versus stock. But there are those who say, but the market is hot right now. What can I do then to take advantage of that? Because if I'm just sitting on the value of my home, that really doesn't do anything for me right now. It really doesn't. And that's where you have to look at your options and get your equity working for you. There are a lot of fabulous deals out there right now that we can point you in the direction of that you can capitalize on by taking equity out of your home because the equity in your home is hidden money. People don't really realize that they can use this. And when you're borrowing it from the bank right now for maybe 2% and you have the potential to make 32% over the next four years or five years, that's a solid investment. And you know, there's so many different things that you can do. Plus, you're going to be making rental income on that investment. So that's going to be paying down your mortgage if you were to buy, say, a, a pre-construction condo or a house or a multiplex. You're going to have rent coming in that's going to be covering most, if not all, of your mortgage on that property. And now someone else is paying down your mortgage while your property appreciates. So this is a great thing to think about right now is what can you do with your equity to capitalize on the heat of the market? So Asif, walk us through that process one more time. How do our listeners take advantage of the equity in their homes and the low mortgage rates right now? 
the first thing to do is uh, talk to your mortgage broker and ask them how much equity you can take out of your home. Now, with the prices, the way that they've appreciated, even if you bought something in 2016 and you had 20% down payment, and now that property has gone up two hundred to $300,000, you have a lot of money available to you. Now, suppose you take out eighty dollars to $100,000 from there, you're still not touching all of your equity. At the same time, you're able to buy a condo or a home, maybe pre-construction that's going to appreciate while it's built. And at the same time, when it's built, you can rent this property out and continue to make money off of it. So the first step, talk to your mortgage broker, find out how much equity you can take out of your home. It's usually 80% of the value. And if the value has gone up $300,000 or so, you can take out about $240,000. Put that into another property, maybe pre-construction, that's going to appreciate over the two or three years that it's going to take to build these properties. You're making money off of the appreciation, and you're also holding on to it, renting it out, and making money off of the rental aspect of it as well. You're increasing your income streams. And this is what we tell people when they're thinking about retiring and you know, you want to be able to generate enough income from your investments to be able to still fund your life in the way that you live it now. And this is a great way to do it. And what's the better route? Is a line of credit the better route or is taking out a mortgage the better option? It really depends on the rates that your mortgage broker can get for you. A lot of times a line of credit is great because you can pay it off at any time and you're not bound to a three or five year mortgage. However, if you're getting a super rate for the next five years with a mortgage, uh, you know, I've heard stories of people getting mortgages for 1.4, 1.8%. That's phenomenal. And if you can get that from your bank right now, take it because you will not be able to borrow money any cheaper. I mean, some of the rates that we're hearing right now are the cheapest in history. And if you can borrow that and turn that into an 8 or 10 or 12% increase per year, then you're laughing. And if our listeners can get a rate that's under 2%, do you suggest that they lock it in for five years or go variable? If you look at the bank's 10-year rate, uh, the posted 10-year rate, it gives you a really good idea of where the bank thinks that that rate should be. I would say for the time being, go variable. And if the rates start to climb, the bank or the mortgage broker will always call you and say, hey, we just noticed uh, rates were going to climb in the next couple of days. Let's lock it in. So you always have the option to change it up and lock it in later on. You can't take a locked in rate and go variable later, later on. But if you had a variable rate, you can always lock it in later. Okay, so one last thought for anyone who is thinking, should I rent until the prices drop? Your advice is? I would say no, because even if you're paying $2,100 a month or so over, uh, you know, three over a four year period, you're going to spend over $100,000 in rent. You're going to forego the appreciation of, you know, over $200,000. So you're losing about $300,000 and prices are not going to fall. Uh, you know, they're especially not going to fall $300,000 over five years, but they're not going to fall. And, and we've seen that over the last 20 years, even longer that prices continue to appreciate. If you bought something in 2000, Tina, you would have made a 300% return 
on that money right now. In in the year 2000, the average price was 243,000, and now the average price is 967,000. So just think about that. Real estate continues to appreciate. They're not making any more land, and we have a severe inventory crisis that's not going to be rectified in the next three or four years. So you, over the next three or four years especially, your values will continue to climb. After the break, the return of the foreign buyer. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties, and he has today's guest. Thank you, Tina. Our guest today is Helen Liu, broker of record for REMAX Prime Properties. Helen, welcome back. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Helen, we're here we're talking about this window of opportunity that people have right now to purchase a property without being in more competition than they normally would. And with our borders being closed, it's been a great window for people that are in Canada to purchase these properties. However, you know, we were talking offline about this window coming to a close and a lot of people being looking at Canada over the next little while to move back to or to move to. Tell us a little bit about what you're hearing from the Asian population that's looking to come back in. Yes. So what I've heard um, uh, recently is, um, you know, Hong Kong was ruled by uh, China since 1997, but um, they're going to start in a rule saying that the Hong Kong people are not able to have a dual citizenship. That means they can only choose to have one passport. I know that many Hong Kong citizens have multiple passports. Say, for example, a friend of mine, they hold uh, a British passport, Canadian passport, and a Hong Kong passport. But if they're starting that rule, they can only choose to have one citizenship, which they're probably going to forgive um, the Hong Kong passport and then just go with the Canadian passport and then start living in Canada. And so, Helen, explain to us a little bit what um, the advantage was to have multiple passports, you know, in terms of buying real estate and how that changes now. Um, when you have multiple passports, you can just travel. Uh, say, for example, like you can have the option to come back to Canada. Um, what I've experienced from my clients is they were returned, like they were here for some time and then they returned back to Hong Kong or China. And then when the kids are starting to go to high school, university, they're starting to come back and live and then, and then send their uh, kids to school here. And then they can start buying properties. So what that's going to mean is people are actually going to be looking to move to Canada. Instead of just having investments, they'll actually be living here. So that will, you know, the, the tax, the foreign buyer tax won't really affect them at all. And neither yeah, would the vacancy tax. Exactly, because they are returned citizens of Canada. And how do you see that playing out in terms of timing? When, when will we expect an influx of people coming in? Obviously, we have to wait for the borders to open, but is yeah. this a, a six-month timeline, nine-month timeline, one year? What do you think? I can actually see them gradually coming back in, right? So because even with the border closed, like they don't have restrictions because they do hold Canadian passports or permanent residentships. 
And Helen, explain to us then about the foreign buyer's tax. Is that not going to be a challenge for foreign buyers, or are you saying it's easy for them to absorb that tax? I think it's still easy for them to absorb that because you do get it back if you live in Canada permanently after some time. And when when they're coming back in, is there a, a timeline that they have to be here in order to get that foreign tax back? And do you see people just treating that as a, a cost of doing business in order to own a property here? They're just saying, you know what, if we're going to buy a property in the GTA or in Markham or Richmond Hill, we're just going to calculate that we have to pay 15% more and then wait to get it back. Right. Yeah, because even after paying 15% more of that foreign tax, um, the Canadian housing price is still cheaper than the major cities in China or Hong Kong. So if there is the return of the foreign buyer, for example, Helen, what do you see happening yeah. to the general marketplace? What's going to happen? Are the, the prices going to go up even further? I think the price will go even up further because there's not enough supply, right? The demand is so high. And the other thing is not even with the Hong Kong system. During the Chinese New Year time, I think Trudeau just opened up the immigration, um, uh, the skilled worker category. There was 27,000 applicants which got approved for permanent residentship. Those people are going to start buying houses. And so when people apply, how long does it take them to move over here? So as soon as you're approved, you can make the move over, or is there a certain timeline? And what about taking a certain amount of money out of Hong Kong or China? Because I know there were some restrictions before uh, per family member or per person uh, in the family. How does that translate into uh, more money coming into Canada? So this category that I'm talking about, those people are mostly in Canada. This is a skilled worker class. So for students who graduated from Canada and then they want to stay back, sorry, graduated from Canada and then they want to stay back. So after their uh, graduation, they have to have a minimum of one year working experience and then they have to pass their English exam. Then they can submit the application and then they just wait for their approval. That process takes probably a year to 18 months. But those people are actually already here, right? So once they get their permanent residentship, they're going to start buying properties. So what are you hearing right now from your current clients, Helen? What's going on with them and how have they been managing through the pandemic in terms of, you know, their real estate and, and what they want to do going forward? Um, like at the end of the day, we still need a home, right? I don't think it really affects my clientele. I think the pandemic really just affected the, um, um, how do I say, the low-income uh, workers. And, and Helen, with, oh, sorry, uh, go ahead. So I, I don't see much in my, uh, within my clients with this pandemic. I don't see much effect. And Helen, what is the attraction to York Region for these clients? Why are they selecting York Region over other parts of the GTA? Uh, top-ranking schools. Schools. And, and, does, yeah. and does infrastructure matter, like, you know, where they have familiar stores and things like that that uh, they could actually frequent? It, it is the convenience. Um, I remember an agent told me um, she actually moved seven times in four years. I said, is it because you have too many houses to go to? She goes, I just want to try where it's more convenient for us. And then I said, where did you decide? And then she goes, oh, Markham. It's just because of the convenience. And um, with our community, we usually live with our parents. 
And um, I think Markham or Richmond Hill is more convenient for them. It fits their lifestyle. And what about in terms of the current climate for you, Helen, right now? What what are you doing to um, keep the industry and the real estate sector going? Are you able to show homes? Are you relying on virtual tours? How is that working for you? Um, I do both. Uh, if they're ready to go out and see properties, I'll just take them out. I just follow the uh, COVID protocols. Um, we wear masks, we wear gloves. Um, things are, should be okay. And then for the overseas people, I actually show them the virtual link and then they can actually see it online first. If they are, I mean, they still want to look at the property physically, they'll send their relatives or friends. So they're still buying property sight unseen pretty much because they're yeah. buying it from the virtual tours and, and maybe having their representative or relative just check it out in person. That's right. That's amazing. And what type of properties are they buying most, Helen? Is it the single family detached or being semis or condos or townhouses prevalent? What is the attraction if they're living with their parents? What type of price point are they looking at in order to suit their entire family need? Uh, for families, for my client, usually it's detached and then uh, detached four bedroom of 3,000 square feet or over. And then for investment properties, usually towns and semis. And are they buying for investment properties as well? Is that what's happening? Is that what you're noticing? Uh, yes, yes. And are new build, um, you know, condos or townhomes, are they attractive to foreign buyers? Um, I mean, during this pandemic, I think condo is not as attractive as before, but mainly freehold. And Helen, when you look at what's happened uh, in 2016 or 2017, how would you compare this market to that market? Because there was a a lot of transition. There was a lot of movement from Hong Kong and China back then as well. Do you see this as maybe being more prevalent in in terms of people wanting to move here? Or has it subsided a little bit? I think compared to 2016, 2017, and now, now people are buying it for their needs. Before, I think there was just more investment properties because people sending their kids to school, they can just buy a property, right? They don't have to pay for in tax rather than paying rent. But there's lots of end users now compared to before. That's what I think. Very interesting. And it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, I think Tina has a question and then uh, we'll get back to how people can get a hold of you. Yeah, uh, Helen, I just had one more question. I mean, we've been hearing a lot through this pandemic that people are moving out of the downtown core and want more space. They want more property. They want, you know, more rooms so that the the family can be divided and, and work remotely with some privacy. Do you find that your clientele is looking for that same type of property? They Do they want to be out of that downtown core, for example, and hit the suburbs? I think so. I think I had about um, three, four clients which did this uh, and just moved recently from the downtown core to a suburb like Markham. That's awesome, Helen. If people want more information of what's happening, uh, you know, back in Hong Kong or China and how they can capitalize on the Canadian real estate market right now, how can they get a hold of you? They can call me at 647-985-2041 or they can email me at helen at raymightprimeproperties.ca. Awesome, Helen. Always great to have you on, and we're looking forward to getting an update maybe in uh, two or three months as to where things stand. Okay, thank you so much. When we come back, your questions for Asif Khan. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. 
Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and the first one comes from Mark in Thornhill. I've heard you mention bidding wars in houses going over list price. How do I take advantage of the current climate without causing an issue with the bank appraisal? Asif, what's your advice? Great question, and that's something that uh, we've also discussed on the show is the uh, the appraisal. And We've had a few instances where appraisals have not come in where the selling price was. At the same time, what we've seen is as the values continue to climb, the banks are now looking at these properties and saying, all right, well, the last three properties in this immediate area commanded this much value, and we're going to be looking at those in specific to appraise this property. When the bank is looking at sales from December or November or the bank appraiser is, that's not a true indicator of what's happening in the market right now. So if the comparables come in and they're lower and you notice that, you know, those comparables are from December or November or even earlier, that's not a true indication of where that value is right now. The good appraisers will usually take into consideration immediate area an immediate time frame. And when they do that and see that your value is exactly where other people have purchased a property for, then you're going to be fine. Okay. Our next question comes from Jesse and Markham. Should I have a budget for the few cosmetic changes I want to make to my home before I list it? Asif, what do you think? Definitely. I mean, anything that you can do that is you know, not a huge investment and you're going to receive return back. Like if you're going to be painting or if you're going to be, you know, steam cleaning the carpets or or even replacing the carpets, that's a a good investment to make. However, if you're thinking those cosmetic changes might be to replace an entire kitchen, we have to put a value on that and say, you know, what type of return will you expect on that investment? If it's, something that will get you two or three times the value of your investment. It's a great idea. And you also have to take a look at your area and see how your house rates with your neighbors. Because if your neighbors are on at the same time and they've done these improvements, then you're not going to receive the same type of value. So it might be better to get those done. Now, what about taking the house down to the bare bones in some areas? You talked about removing a carpet, for example. Should you replace it with another carpet or just leave it you know, to the bare bones. What do you think? I would replace it with either carpet or laminate or hardwood flooring because that's going to get you better return. And when people come in and they are willing to pay more for a property that has everything done, because then that value gets rolled into their mortgage. If they're buying something bare bones, they're going to have to have that cash sitting in their bank to be able to make those improvements afterwards. And especially now with appraisals being in question, Suppose that house doesn't come in at the, appra- at the value that you purchased the property. Now someone's going to have to put in an extra twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in order to make that property close. And if they do do that and that money was budgeted towards flooring, they're not going to be able to put that flooring in. So if you can swing it so that these improvements are done, keep them neutral, keep them 
you know, as per what people are actually looking for instead of personal taste, then you'll do very well on the sale of your property. So you're suggesting that small cosmetic changes like paint or something like that is a good idea. It's a good investment. But to renovate an entire kitchen or bathroom, maybe not so much. Yeah, and it really depends on what the actual value of that renovation is and and what it's going to translate to in terms of price point. If it's cost effective and it's going to give you a good return, I would suggest it. But I have to take a look at the home and and look at the renovation that you're planning on doing, the cost of it, and what it's going to result in in final price to be able to advise properly. And what about those bigger ticket items like a roof, uh, windows, furnace? Those should or shouldn't be done? Those should be done. And especially if it's on the last legs or if your shingles are falling apart and your windows are leaking, you want to get those done because those are major factors in, in what your house should sell for. If you look at the price points and you, and you see a house that got a great value and you want the same value, but your windows haven't been done, your refund hasn't been done, and your furnace is going to need replacing in a year, people are going to take that into consideration when they're offering on your property. All right. Asif, if our listeners want to connect with you directly, how can they do that? They can reach me at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. And one more note on that last question, Tina, do not rent your furnace or your air conditioner because that's going to take away from the value. You're going to have to pay that off before the closing. So don't think that just because you've replaced it with a rental that you're going to be able to get away with that. You're going to have to do a buyout, which is going to be huge in terms of an expense at the end. All right. Good advice. Right to the last minute. That's our show for this week. If you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.